You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, folks, welcome back. As we said at the top of the show, it uh, is great to have back with us this evening, Warren Baylog. Warren is really, and you know, we talk to everybody on this show, and everybody that we have on this program is worthy of you, our dear audience. Everybody we have on this program is producing good fruit. They are doing things for our cause and our movement that are absolutely necessary. But when it comes to a man who has the ability to serve as a spokesman, who presents our message and our issues with clarity, with reason, with authority and conviction, I think Warren is really one of the best spokesman that we've got and it's great to have him back on tonight he is a political commentator and activist warren how are you doing i'm doing great james and thanks for that wonderful uh introduction and hello also to to keith it's great to be with you guys again i was just looking at the calendar and uh, your last appearance on the show was uh september 24th of last year so the scheduler is definitely getting fired. Where is that guy? <laughs> That's entirely too late. <laughs> you're, you're orbiting around. You're, you're, you come around here like Haley's coming oh, every so often. No, <laughs> no. Well, hey, he's made a few appearances with us. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know Warren better over the last uh, couple of years, Trey Garrison, some of the other team there at the NJP. And by the way, Warren, I mean, of course, in addition to being a political analyst and activist, uh, you are, of course, uh, serving in an official capacity with the National Justice Party. Remind the audience of what that is. Yeah, so the National Justice Party, we're coming on our three-year anniversary. It was August the 15th of 2020 in the summer of terror, you know, of all the race riots and the, and the Antifa riots that we formed the National Justice Party. Uh, a, a number of different people, we came together and formed it. Um, and the, the chairman and leader of the National Justice Party is Mike Painovich, who also goes by Mike Enoch of the RightStuff.biz radio network. Um, but we came together to basically form an alternative to the uh, Democrats and Republicans because we we felt that neither one of them is is representing the interests of white people. And we, we you know, the, the simplest way to say what we are is we are on the on right wing issues, on cultural issues. We are very far to the right on economic issues. We are, I would say, pretty far to the left uh, on many. You know, we're very pro worker, pro union uh, populists, economic populists. And uh, that's the combination that we wanted to bring. Yes, exactly. That's it's sort of uh, that's the combination we wanted to bring to the table. And and we openly criticize and take on Jewish power. And yes, we go out there. Now we we are not at the phase yet where we're running candidates, even though it's in our name, the party. We will eventually here. We're building up to it. But we needed to first bring together the people, establish the networks around the country. One thing we do. So the two major things we do in the real world is. We've been holding mass meetings, and I know you guys are veterans of uh, the white nationalist movement, but a lot of organizations will have like a big meeting once a year. We, we hold at least four. We hold them quarterly. They get hundreds of people, uh, families, all kinds of people. They're always great events. They're the best events I've ever been a part of, and I've been doing this my whole life. 
Um, and those are usually quarterly. And then we've also been doing a ton of activism in the streets, protesting anti-white hate crimes and all sorts of other things. So, so we've been growing uh, our capacity on many different fronts. And what we're building up to is to the point where we can run candidates. But there's a lot of ways you can put pressure on the political system other than just running candidates. And that's what we've been focused on for these first three years. Well, it takes a special person to draw new members into an organization. And whatever that special secret sauce is, uh, Warren has it. Well, let me tell you, this is the truth. Uh, I, I don't want to laud him with flattery, but it is well-deserved. As you know, we don't just give away compliments for free. They have to be earned around here. But if you go to nationaljusticeparty.com, you can watch some of the, the speeches that have been delivered by its leaders, including Warren, our guest right now. Uh, it is a, a tour de force. And if you go to their platform at nationaljusticeparty.com slash platform, I think it's uh, – very reasonable. Uh, there's certainly nothing that I read there that uh, makes me shiver or cringe or anything like that. And I think it's something that everybody in our listening audience should be at the very least made aware of, if not become uh, supportive of uh, 25 planks there at the platform. Warren, what have you been doing since we last talked? Now, obviously, in the very next segment, we're going to transition to uh, a little bit of activism uh, that you did right here in Tennessee less than a week ago tonight, if people are listening live, just last Sunday. But before we get to that, what in the grand scheme of things, the, the overall picture, have you done since the last fall when you were last with us? Oh, man. Well, first of all, uh, since you plugged the website already, I just want to say to everyone in your audience, if you go to nationaljusticeparty.com and there's a section for contact us, you can go to that and there's a little drop-down menu to get vetted uh, to either become a supporter of our organization where you make a you know contribution on a monthly basis and you can get involved with a local group. But there's also an option if you want to just come to one of our meetings and check us out where you can get vetted just for a meeting. And it'll say vetting for meeting attendance. So you don't have to like join and become a, you know ongoing supporter or pay anything to come to one of our meetings. Uh, you, you still have to pass vetting because we take our security very seriously. And we've had, you know, 13 or 14 of these meetings, mass meetings so far since we founded, and we've never had a major security breach of any kind. So they're and, very And safe, it's not because, secure. Warren, pardon the interruption, I just wanted to be sure no, to interject okay. this point. It's not because they have been sparsely attended. You're talking about events that are drawing uh, a number of people that, as far as I know, are some of the biggest and most well-attended meetings that anybody in our universe or uh, orbit are putting together. Well, yeah, we had 400, over 400 at our, la at our meeting last September. We're coming up on a big meeting in the Columbus area and Labor Day weekend where we're expecting to probably break that. Um, and, and yeah, we normally typically will have like between two and 300 at our at our regular meetings. So, so the Labor Day one's the biggest one. But as to what the NJP has been up to since the last year, I'm glad you asked because your audience is going to love this. Uh, we've done a lot, but one of the biggest things is we've expanded greatly in the South. Um, the, the, the South is rising <laughs> again right now. <laughs> we knew it would. And it's, it's tremendous because, I mean, we're, we started out in the Rust Belt area, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and like northern West Virginia, where all of the founders of it are from. But uh, we've had chapters spring up all over the country. Uh, and, and in the last year, I would say the biggest thing that's changed is there's like a whole new crop of leaders that, are, that have been coming up, and particularly in the southern states. So in Texas, uh, in, in Oklahoma, we've got two tremendous groups there. All the southern states practically have in North Carolina, South Carolina, 
uh, Georgia, and Tennessee. And Tennessee is one of our most active, has become, since I spoke to you guys, one of our most active chapters. And Carson, who's going to uh, be gone, he's, he is due a lot of the credit for that. But they're all tremendous guys and uh, have been very active. And we, we, you know, we'll get into the specific protests we did. But I personally have done some some large protests in the last year. Uh, we protested, if you guys remember, the big train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. We did yeah. quite a bit of activism on that to force the Republican governor, Mike DeWine, <clears throat> excuse me, to, um, to declare a state of emergency because he was refusing to do it because basically, long story short, he's in bed with Norfolk Southern, the train company. But then we also protested anti-white hate crimes, the shooting of the little, uh, at the little girl in Gastonia, uh, North Carolina, outside of Charlotte. Well, Warren, hang on right there, my friend. Uh, we will talk more about this uh, in the subsequent segments of this hour. But we're going to bring on now to join Warren as our guest this hour, Carson Kilgray of the Indian The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern National authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, what a fun hour we're having right now. Informative, productive, forward-thinking uh, a group and individuals, our guests this hour, who are accomplishing things of substance. 
uh, for our people. And, uh, of course, we've got Warren Baylog on, who is a founding member of the National Justice Party, one of its leaders. Uh, activism is in his DNA, his very DNA. His father, Alan, is uh, a legend uh, in this cause as well, uh, predates my activism by many decades, and they are actually working together uh, in the National Justice Party. And uh, I will take this opportunity to get my once-per-show obligatory Pat Buchanan reference in. If you go back to some of the previous appearances uh, that Warren has made on the show, you'll know that Warren and I, uh, even though we didn't actually meet each other at the Reform Party National Convention, uh, we were both delegates for Buchanan there uh, in Long Beach, California, and that goes back to the year 2000. So uh, we actually just got put in touch a couple of years ago in person after knowing each other through reputation and uh, the rest is history. So uh, joining us now, though, is Carson Kilgray. Carson is the director of the National Justice Party in Tennessee, and we'd like to welcome him as he makes his debut appearance on TPC right now. Carson, how are you? Oh, I'm doing terrific. Thank you so much, uh, James, Keith. You guys are legends, and this is just an absolute honor for me to be on with you guys. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, we're excited to have you on. And, uh, yeah, Warren was just mentioning before the last break about how the National Justice Party, over the course of the last year especially, has been rapidly growing in the South. Now, prior to last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always saw the National Justice Party as having sort of its uh, – it's center in the Northeast and in the Rust Belt. In the Midwest. Yes, and, and, and not that it was non-existent in the South, but certainly not to the extent that it was in other parts of the country. But that's changing, Carson, am I right? Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. You know, you can take a look at a state like Tennessee, especially everything that's been going along uh, around in Nashville. And it is, it's kind of the forefront of the culture war at large happening right now, where you have so many uh, these these big populations of white rural people with you know good good social instincts about what's right and wrong and there's so much being pushed on them from these urban centers from money and uh, there, there's a big response happening right now people are getting fed up and they're looking for answers yeah what we're always afraid of with uh, the transplants from the other parts of the country is that they'll bring their politics with them and we need to make sure that they check those at the door along with their tax policies up there. Well, that's right. I mean, a conservative from California moving to a red state is uh, an arch liberal, uh, as far as we're concerned, to use the conservative liberal paradigm. But, Warren, let me ask you this before we uh, go back to Carson and talk a little bit about the event in uh, right here in Tennessee last weekend. What do you think has caused the growth of the NJP in the South? I think there's a couple of things. I mean, the, the biggest thing is uh, I think we've, we've been doing consistent. I mean, what I, what, I, what I will take credit for for the leadership of the NJP is that we've been doing consistently good work now for, for three years. And uh, people have no, are noticing it. And people, really high-quality people, have come into it. You know, another thing is we've kept out bad-quality people. I mean, there's a, there's a whole section of our volunteers that's sort of behind the scenes, James, who are – uh, we call them the staff, but they're basically uh, they're they're volunteers, but they do the administrative work of running the party, and they've done a tremendous job of just organizing it and you know vetting people and and keeping out bad elements or kicking out bad elements where they slip in, and uh, you know my good friend Joe Jordan who goes by Eric Stryker on TRS, he always says that uh, you know bad drives out good so if you keep bad one of the mistakes of white nationalist organizations in the past is 
you know, you're so desperate for bodies that you keep anybody in it. And we've all seen this, anybody who's a veteran of this movement, who's seen where a bad element will drive out the good people who are attracted to something. So with the NJP, uh, and I have to credit Tony Hovader also, our chief of staff, who really is the one who did this, we, we put a special emphasis on kicking out all the bad elements. And lo and behold, if you do that, you find that you attract the best people. And some of the new guys that are coming in are some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And I think if you guys ever make it to a meeting or any of your listeners come to a meeting, you will agree with me. Uh, and the last thing I'll just say is we always take the moral high ground with our protests and with our positions. And this is very, very important. Uh, and one I want to mention before we shift to the thing that happened in Nashville, recently, a few months back, I was starting to talk about this before the break, there was a story that made national headlines where a, a, a black guy in a, in a neighborhood, a suburb of Charlotte called Gastonia, uh, this black guy basically went on like a shooting rampage and shot at a group of white children. And this white father intervened with his body, blocked the bullets, uh, and saved his daughter's life. His name is Jamie White. And uh, the, the, yes, it turned yes. out we found you, you guys know this story. It was national. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you something about this, Warren. Right before I got banned from Twitter, which was on uh, that Black Monday in April, Kevin McDonald, Tom Sunich, yours truly, and several others were all got the axe mm -hmm. at the exact same time on the exact same day. The very last thing I tweeted from my account was the GoFundMe page or the Give Send Go, whatever they were using for uh, the to raise funds for that young girl. Right. So what happened was uh, we discovered through a local paper, because all the national headlines were covering this up, through the local paper we discovered that the, the shooter made anti-white statements. And then we mobilized a protest, and when we all came out and did a big protest in front of the courthouse there to demand hate crimes charges, uh, members of the white family came out and thanked us. And, and this is uh, something maybe that's, in the South. That's remarkable. That it was amazing. There's a video of this. There's a video of this on the National Justice Party website. You guys can watch it. It was very well documented by our excellent videographer. But they came out, and, and these girls gave us hugs and were crying and thanking us for coming out and put me in touch with the father, Jamie White, the hero dad. And we talked at length, and he gave an interview to our uh, friends at the Justice Report, justicereport.news, which is, uh, you know, they're affiliated with the NJP, but they're not controlled by the NJP, but they do news reporting on these types of stories. And they did an interview with him and got the full story. And apparently this black guy said way worse things. I'm not even going to repeat it on your show. You can read the article. Much worse things, racial hate against white people, that the, even the local paper in Gastonia didn't report on. So it was a big milestone because we've protested a lot of these anti-white shootings, and sometimes the family's a little nervous to get, in, you know, to get involved, or sometimes they're very liberal. Um, but this, in this case, the family was completely thankful to have our support, and uh, that was very moralizing for our guys. So I think that's another reason why we keep growing and why our activists, the, the, the ranks of them, keep growing with better and better people because they see stuff like that us sticking up for this little girl and her hero dad when no one else will. And uh, people want to be a part of that, you know? Well, you know, that's one of your specialties, Warren. I, Absolutely. I remember the last time I talked to you, I think it had something to do with uh, uh, up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. You hit boots on the ground, and you found out what actually happened, which was being hidden by right. the national media. Well, let right. me say this about that, Warren, and then we'll get back to Carson, but you mentioned the excellent videographer and the excellent production quality of the videos put out by the National Justice Party. 
and it really is second to none. I mean, you did this sort of uh, documentary on the, uh, Keith, you mentioned it, the Waukesha uh, racial terror, the white on, uh, the black on white racial terror. You actually got an interview uh, with the perpetrator himself when nobody else could get that. It's just amazing. And he admitted to basically being at fault. Well, I mean, but it's just amazing right. how well produced and how sharp, how high definition. I mean, it's great to have the, the, the right message, but you have to present it in a way that is but appealing. They also and, have and the, the energy and the it. resources and the boldness, the courage to go there and grab the bull by the horns and get there on the ground well, that's before we're high anyone on. else does it. And you get you bring back the bacon. Well, you, that's get, right. you get the good goods on them. That, that, that's ab- absolutely you. right. Absolutely right. Thank well, anyway, that's just a couple of the reasons that we're high on NJP. We want you to know more about them, making them regular guests, whether it be Mike uh, Pinovich or Trey Garrison, uh, Warren Balog, and tonight Carson Kilgrave. Well, Carson, the uh, last minute of the segment is to you, and then we're going to come right back to you after the break. But Warren said you put together this whole event last Sunday. Give us a quick tease on what it was and why it was. Yeah, absolutely. So, in short, there uh, there have been drag queen story hours happening in Nashville, but since the Audrey Hill shooting, they have had to kind of go into the dark a little bit with it. And basically, there was an event that was not posted publicly that you had to basically go through a screening process to get the, the date and address and to, to say that you're going to attend this drag queen story hour. And we, we got that information. It wasn't that hard. And it turned out to be being held in a church, in a beautiful neo-Gothic church built in the 1950s in downtown Nashville. So we have a drag queen story hour catering to kids specifically in a church in downtown Nashville. And it's just, uh, when you tell you people that, why, they don't believe why, why it, the it churches can be possible. Are, uh, people wonder why church attendance is down. The good old days when all we had to worry was black on white rape and murder. Now we got to worry about churches doing this to our kids. Yeah, uh, drag queen story hour. We'll be right back. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jerry Barmish. Police in Seattle are looking for at least two suspects in a shooting that wounded five people in a community outreach event. Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz says the gunfire erupted at a gathering that was intended to provide people in the neighborhood a safe space as a deterrent to violence. Uh, We have five victims. Uh, Two are in critical condition. Three appear to be uh, stable. Uh, Right now, four victims were transported to Harborview. One victim uh, was treated at the scene and released. Diaz says dozens and dozens of rounds were fired. Former President Trump was on the campaign trail Saturday night in Erie, Pennsylvania. These are ridiculous indictments, and all they're doing is hoping for massive election interference. That's all they want to do. They want to damage the leading candidate, by the way, leading by far, I have to say. The rally is Trump's first since the Justice Department announced additional charges against the former president in connection with classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. The president is on a summer vacation as a critical hearing is expected to get underway. President Biden on a 10-day beach vacation right now in Delaware. This comes after Hunter Biden's plea deal 
fell apart earlier in the week. Now, coming up on Monday, things could get bad for the president and his son, as Hunter's former business partner, Devin Archer, is expected to testify on Capitol Hill about the alleged shady business deals the two may have had with foreign countries. Now, Republicans are reportedly considering impeachment charges to investigate the full picture here as to what actually went down during the eight years Biden was vice president during the Obama administration. I'm Laura Winters. Ford announced it's recalling nearly 900,000 F-150 trucks in the U.S. due to a wiring issue. This is USA News. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code STRONG for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code STRONG for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code STRONG. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Warren Baylog, a founding member of the National Justice Party, political commentator and activist in his own right, and Carson Kilgray, who is the state director of the National Justice Party in Tennessee as the NJP grows throughout the South, expanding its reach. We are talking with these gentlemen tonight about, uh, well, a lot of things, but uh, particularly focusing on an event that uh, took place last Sunday in Nashville. So, Carson, right before the break, you were saying that a church of all places, a beautiful, architecturally speaking, neo-Gothic church in downtown Nashville, where I've spent so much time over the course of my life, is now hosting a drag queen story hour. A, not a library, not not a <laughs> a church. Well, and people wonder why church attendance is down, right? So, NJP springs into action. Continue the story, Carson. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so we found out about this with, uh, with enough time, you know, we've got some really incredible people that kind of work in intelligence to find out details and, uh, try and give us enough time to put these kinds of, uh, demonstrations together in response. And so we found out with enough time to let all the, the neighboring groups know as far as, uh, the, these other Southern states and their supporter groups. And, uh, we, we assembled, uh, our, our, the, the NJP's biggest street demonstration yet in response to it. And we had nearly 60 guys stretching across an entire city block all in front of that church. We all had signs. We all had flags. And uh, we gave some speeches. We, we made ourselves heard. And the, the response that we got from, from the population was just incredible. Like Nashville really was excited to see people speaking truth to what, what most people are thinking. Like the positive to negative reactions, it was like three to one at least. It was, uh, it was really quite incredible. Let me ask you this. What church or what denomination was this? I'm just curious. Well, hold on. Hold on. I know the answer, but take a guess. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised. Presbyterian. Carson? 
its first Lutheran church in Nashville. Lutheran, yeah, that's it. One of the, what they call, seven sisters of the mainland. Well, I'll mainland tell you, Protestant. the Lutherans have fallen far since Martin Luther, who is about as based as anybody you're ever going to find. Yeah, Christian. Got, yeah, look up Martin Luther on Jews. Right? Martin Luther, Christian or otherwise, uh, you don't get much... <laughs> more uh, to the point it, it, that, is, as i said as my wife's grandfather you say he'll call a spade a dirty shovel <laughs> but i actually had the chance right. to to watch this so i laid eyes on this i watched this live gentlemen and i i want to admit publicly what i have told warren privately my travel schedule has been so oppressive uh that it uh, seemed like a total embarrassment that uh, y'all just being three hours away uh, that I was not able to make it, but I just wasn't able to make it. Three hours there, three hours back. The time on the ground would have been another day, and I had to be back out of town this week. I was out of town last week, out of town two weeks coming up here in mid-August. But I certainly wanted to be there, but I was able to watch it. And you had, as you said, 60 people, well-dressed, well-appointed, uh, all uh, You taking... know what is most important about that, too? It goes back to what he was saying about making sure that they cull the herd and don't get wild people in there. You get the wrong people into that organization, they can blow the whole thing up and make it turn into a disaster. Well, these guys, no, these guys. See, that's why you do, uh, you're so trustworthy because you've got the right, you know that you've got to have good people and you've got to separate the sheep from the goats. Well, as I said, I mean, these guys have been around for a while. Going back, I mean, again, Warren's father has been involved in organizations. They've got they've got a good brain trust there. And th and that's another thing, too. I mean, even if people say, hey, everything looks good here, you got a good platform, but let's see what you do. I think people want uh, something to marinate for at least a couple of years to see if it's going to stick. And now uh, that NJP has stuck uh, now a few you know, years reminds in. reminds me of our old friend, Bill. Bill Rowland, he used to have that boots-on-the-ground uh, savvy that apparently Warren and the NJP had. That's absolutely right. Well, anyway, uh, back to this. Let me ask you this, Warren, because I saw it. Uh, but talk again, uh, double down on what Carson was talking about with regards to the public reaction. Now, here you are on the public sidewalk, uh, not far from this church. You can see the church in the background. It is beautiful on the outside, the inside not so much. Uh, but uh, what is the reaction from the local population who's just driving by, passers-by, walking by, driving by? Oh, cheering, honking their horns. They were very enthusiastic. And, you know, I mean, you guys are in Tennessee, so you know that the Tennessee state legislature passed a law banning these kinds of events. It was blocked by a Trump-appointed judge, and that's why the NJP exists. I mean, part of why we exist is to be, I mean, at the stage we're at now, where we're not yet capable of mounting big, you know, political campaigns, we are here to put a check on those people, because if there's no check on these Republican sellouts, if there's nothing to bring the fire, bring the heat on them, then they're going to just do that. They're going to, you know, the legislature will pass it, and then they, they'll, the, the judge will block it. That's always what we see. Uh, there was a similar law that another judge, Trump-appointed judge, tried to block in Tennessee, banning the surgeries and all that. I will say this. Yeah, that was to you guys. here in Memphis, a guy named Parker, a federal judge. And by the way, right. Bill Lee, our governor, is not our friend, okay? So keep no, no, well, no, no, I, not you know, at I, all. I think that the Tennessee – look. We're comparing apple and oranges here. If you're com if you're comparing the state legislature of any <laughs> of the states uh, right. to you know the NJP, Bill Lee is one thing. I think that you do have, for the most part, a pretty I hate to use this word, but a pretty conservative as far as state legislatures go. You could do worse than Tennessee. The state no, legis no, Tennessee, the state, Tennessee's legislature is the state the house strongest, is okay, strongest branch of government. And uh, outside of Nashville and Memphis, Tennessee at large it was one of the deepest red states in the in the in the country. You got good people in Tennessee. 
Well, that's why they're trying to penetrate. You, you absolutely do, and that's why they're trying to do this. That's why they're trying to wedge this in. I mean, it's, it is a battleground. Tennessee is a battleground right now. That's why they're trying to have this event. Uh, the people, I mean, Carson could talk about the individuals who organized this event, but absolute freaks, as you can well imagine. Uh, the thing that I just wanted to tell you guys that struck me is uh, Carson's protested these types of things before. I've done a lot of protests in my life. I've never protested a drag queen story hour before. And I have to say, I was shook to the core to see parents taking their little kids, little kids. I mean, I had guys that were on that end of the picket line that saw them. There weren't a lot. There were only a few. Uh, because, you know, part of it was the heat that we were kind of bringing on them and the attention and the spotlight that they didn't want. But they told me that they saw a number of little kids, toddlers, five years old, six years old, going to what is essentially like a, 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 a striptease, a burlesque it performance. Should, it should be child abuse for them to take their It is child abuse. Well, we it, were chanting that. We were chanting that. We were Every time that they would leave in, we would all be shouting, child abuse, child abuse, child abuse. And, you know, it's funny. The police came and are basically escorting them in. They talked to us briefly. They were like, all right, we just want to respect everybody's First Amendment rights. But they were on that side uh, of the thing facilitating this, letting it happen. They should have been, I gotta I mean, ask they you been about arrested. That. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with that. You use the word satanic. I do believe that there's a demonic element. I mean, you're getting to the point now. Where, <laughs> they used to be called transvestites. I mean, this whole thing with transgenderism and the pronouns. Well, I mean, well, sexu sexual good... perversity as a civil right is basically a great development for our side of this argument because this is something that people just can't ignore. The average normie that doesn't right. want to get involved, the, the idea of having their child's gender uh, changed uh, against their and forever world. sterilized. I mean, this is this is a whole nother it, that level. Scientist. Attention, it's gone. mad scientists. Yeah, it's mad science. And we had uh, we had blacks driving by honking and supporting a couple of black right. couple walked by walked by us. And the, and the one the black lady, she was like, I'm a real woman and smiled. And it's like <laughs> humans. If you're human, if you're a human being, you find this horrific. And, you know, I just want to point out also because I mentioned this at the time that the uh, first elected trans state representative in the country uh, if you, i don't know if you guys saw this from new hampshire uh i forget the name mm -hmm. but just a few days before this has been charged with uh basically its partner worked in a daycare center with little kids and was sharing nude photos of toddlers thousands tens of thousands of images uh and is now being charged with uh, i forget the exact charge but it's facing 30 years in prison well, what does the Bible say was... about that, Warren? It says it would be, be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and dropped into the deepest part of the ocean than to harm one of these. Well, we actually have a listener right. who is tuned in right now from Nashville who's listening live, and he says this is a dying congregation. For 30 years, they've had an iron fence to keep vagrants from sleeping on the front steps. But it doesn't change the fact this is still a church. This is still happening. It is child abuse. You're getting wonderful reaction from the local population. Uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Not enough time, but I, I, this is a joint question. Uh, we'll follow it up after the break. But what made you confident in this post-Charlottesville era? And, you know, Charlottesville's back in the news now. We're six years after the fact. you got people being arrested facing five years in tiki prison torch parade. for illegally lighting a tiki torch. What made you confident that you could exercise your freedoms of speech and assembly on a public uh, square without being sent up? Well, I'll just and Carson, you can speak for this after the break because he Car Carson organized the whole thing, so so he can really speak about the details of it because he did a wonderful job. But I'll just say in general, 
Uh, we've been doing this more and more, and what gives us the – we don't announce ahead of time when we're going to show up because all that is is an invitation to for all the enemies to come out. The national climate has changed quite a bit. I mean, people are fed up with what they call the woke stuff, which is really just means anti-white. They are fed up with it. People are fed up with Antifa. They're fed up with this BLM crap. They're fed up with the, the, the rampant crime. But here, here. also, it's because we have a great organization. We're all veterans of this, and we know how to take the moral high ground on an issue. And you've got and we good don't people, walk into traps. You don't have yeah. a bunch of loose cannons. I mean, let them come out to protest, guys, uh, marching against a little girl shot by a black criminal. Let them show up for that, you know? They won't do it. Nationaljusticeparty.com. Stay tuned. Warren Baylog, Carson Kilgray with us this hour. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back now with the Warren Baylog and Carson Kilcray of the National Justice Party. Big event just last week, if you're listening live, uh, in Nashville. You can call it a protest. You can call it a demonstration. Back when we still did uh, street demonstrations, we called it vigils. I mean, because that's really what you're doing. You're remaining eternally vigilant. You are keeping a watch out for your community. And that's what was going on there in Nashville outside we, we of— We them back on taking down Forrest's statue for— uh, Two decades, basically. Now for a long, that's how we cut our teeth, actually. That's how we first made news, is by doing these things on the street, uh, even as a uh, political talk radio program. But nevertheless, uh, last week in Nashville, they were on the streets outside of First Lutheran Church. I mean, can you believe it? Uh, protesting this degeneracy and getting the support of the local people. So, But the question was to Warren and to really both of you, Carson, before the break, 
in this post-Charlottesville age, how could you feel confident going there and exercising your God-given and constitutionally protected rights of assembly and association and speech uh, in this modern political climate? Well, you know, for one, nothing about this is comfortable. You know, because it, it is it is a struggle, and all of our guys really lean into that. They they embrace the struggle. They you know you you enjoy it to a degree. It becomes part of you, and uh, you know it really is it's it's a use it or lose it type thing when it comes to our First Amendment rights and our, our ability to collectivize in the real world and and make our voices heard. And people aren't used to seeing young white working class people out in the streets protesting with signs, right? Because, you know, uh, you, you know, you should be at your job, you know, type, type mentality. But, uh, like, no, this, this is so important, and it's worth doing, even with the risks. Uh, that being said, we're, we're right now, uh, like, like Warren just mentioned, uh, we're, there's so much energy ramping up against these corrupt institutions, against this degeneracy. There's a lot more public support just over the last five years uh, than there was during Charlottesville. So it's, uh, it's, now is the time. Now is the time. Even, even with the, the potential risks at hand, we have to stand up and do something in the real world. I don't disagree with that. I'm going to chime in on that with a, a, a separate but related topic to both of you after Keith says what? Well, the fact that the churches have involved themselves in this on the side of, uh, you know, the devil, quite frankly, <laughs> is... Uh, dismaying yep. to people, but people need to understand there's so many churches now that are have been taken over. You know, the long march through the institutions of cultural Marxism has gone right through denominational headquarters. James encountered this with the Southern Baptist Church. They basically kicked his whole con- his church was kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention because his pastor would not kick James out because he'd known James his entire life. Uh, they've exchanged the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for the Gospels of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And people need to understand that. We, <laughs> we need to find good churches. I think churches are important, but we have really got to. Yeah, it's a struggle to find a good church, one that doesn't support this leftism. And if you have them, you know, we need to get the word out. Uh, you know you've got a dying congregation when their primary uh, stewardship campaign is estate planning. They're trying to, like a bunch of ghouls, live off the corpse of their congregation. And that's what places like this Lutheran church, I'm sure, are doing. Well, I, I would say this about the church. If, uh, as Tom Hanks put it in the Da Vinci Code, if you have not yet received the gift of faith, our people should still be going to the churches to find traditionally minded women and wives and brides. I, I think that that I, I, don't, I would, don't, you don't, well, don't go find, to the first Lutheran of Nashville. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to find a drag queen that you think is a, a no, good you, woman. You don't have to go there, but I, I think it is a good recruiting ground for carefully you gotta you gotta really look carefully (laughs) usually the usually the five o'clock shadow gives it away yeah (laughs) let me tell you this (laughs) warren uh one of the most uh anti-white uh mega churches of the southern baptist convention is right here in memphis bellevue baptist church so you don't want to go there for spiritual nourishment, to say the least. But if you want to go there, when you want to find women who want to have babies and want to be submissive to a man and who look like um, they're all sorority sisters at the University of Alabama, go to a mega go yeah. to a you gotta go to church, church right there, but, but beware of you know, think keep in mind the kink song about Lola. You don't want no, right. you know, again, you know, that's anyway. All right, let, let's shift gears here, gentlemen. Let's shift gears if we can. We got a little bit off topic there, but 
Uh, let's talk about, do you see this? I mean, you're talking about, yes, I agree. I mean, the time to be oh so careful is is, is beyond us now. I mean, it, it is time to, to take risks, as we all have done throughout our entire adult lives. But uh, we were talking about this last week with Brad Griffin, and you, you look at everything going on right now. I, I mean, it, it, I, I don't have the time now to recap it all, but if you just look, I, I probably don't need to do it with you two anyway, but you just look at the current political climate, you look at everything, how uh, the... The white base, the Trump voter, has radicalized over the course of the last uh, few years, really since Biden's inauguration, most specifically, but certainly going back to 2015 uh, as well. You look at that. Are you buying or selling, gentlemen, that there will be an event uh, in the in the near term future that's going to lead to some sort of a balkanization or a collapse of the existing system? Is that wishful thinking, or is that a safe bet? I, I, I will say, I will say this, James. Uh, something my my dad said. My dad used to be quite a boxer. Okay, he was he was really good. He trained very hard when he was young, and he said that his trainer one time, who was a very experienced boxer, told him that any time he ever knocked a guy out, he wasn't trying to knock the guy out. He was just boxing well. He was boxing really well, and I think that's how we all feel about the National Justice Party and what we're doing. It's, it's like my whole life, I mean, I'm 41 years old now. When I was a little kid, my father was in the Alliance. I've heard people talking about the big collapse, you know, the big collapse coming and all that. And we've had some big shakeups. We had the big recession. We've had, I mean, we, uh, the economy still sucks for working people out there. The inflation is high. I just bought groceries today, and it's like twice what I paid two years ago for the same Me too. Food. I was at the um, grocery store today, and I was yeah. aghast. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. But but uh, I think that this idea of waiting for the big collapse, I'm not saying that you're saying that, but I think that uh, even even thinking about it, I mean, I, I am I am ready to go against this system. I know Carson feels the same way. We are ready to go against the system with or without any major event. We are the major. I mean, this sure. is my mindset. Maybe this is grandiloquent. We are the major event. The NJP. This is my mindset. We are the event. It's going to happen to this system. We're growing. We're growing every day. We're getting stronger and stronger. Uh, you're not going to. They're not going to intimidate us. They're not going to scare us. Uh, the way I feel, the, the the group of leaders. I'll tell you guys this also. I know I sound grandiose here, but I, I just I really feel strongly about this. The the generation of leaders that we've had come into the party in just the last year. This is the first time. I said to my dad the other day, if they took out all of the founders of us, the six original members of the central committee uh mike and me and my dad and striker and tony and, and michael if they took us all out in a saint valentine's day style massacre i think the njp would go on with the guys that have come up and are now getting involved i think it would still go on now and then i, I will be, say and so 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 i mean I, we're, we're you know that's my feeling about a big event like i want we're going to go if an event happens we're going to be positioned to capitalize on it but we can't wait for that. You know, we got to do our thing regardless. Well, I, I would say if you've been involved in this movement for any amount of time, you know, you take out the principal and the organization collapses because it's most... like that Johnny Cash song said they uh, take one down and two more would step up. It's like, uh, yeah, on the other exactly. Hand, I, I feel like people in Pompeii. Uh, you know, several weeks before yeah, the big, I, I, I have, yeah, I feel, it's I, like I, I hear the, I see the smoke rising from the top of the mountain. I hear rumblings and whatnot. Something is happening. I don't. Know I, I, I do yeah. believe, I, you know, I. But people believe that you're. To your point, Warren, you are correct. 
people who I know who are still alive and still fighting were saying that in the 70s. The collapse is going to yeah. happen any minute. I get it. I mean, I, I understand that. People have been saying it forever. That is true. But if you look at, I mean, the political atmosphere is as charged and as polarized as any point since the war between the states and you've got donald trump i mean yep. I, he just got a whole new slew of indictments they're trying to put him in jail he's going to do a prison sentence that's going to make the one that that james fields got look like a, a walk in the park if they can get their way i i do believe i do believe we are inevitably leading up to an event that's going to sort and things it's out. the left that's doing it we're not doing it it basically we're just reacting well they, i would say trump well, trump's me, effect me, on me, this let me just take off. I'll take off my party man hat and I'll put on my just political analyst hat for a second. I would say then that this is you're absolutely right. We are in totally uncharted waters, and I think that what we are witnessing is the end of the curve, of the rise and fall of. Yeah, I call it Zog. You know, it's an old term. But the Judeo-American <laughs> Empire, the Judeo-American Empire that started. You know, this country was still a great place before the First World War. I feel like that's when everything, that's when the bad people took control, really. The Wilson right administration. Yes, yeah, and, that, and the Federal Reserve and the Jews and everything. That's when it really went off the rails, and, and then the outcome of the Second World War cemented it and made it a, into a global force. I think we are experiencing the tail end of that. The peak of it was right about right before 9-11, and since then, everything, uh, the middle class has just disappeared. Uh, but also the geopolitical power of Zog. You see them trying to win this war in Ukraine, and they're not able to do it, and they're trying to start stuff with uh, China over Taiwan. They still want to go to war That's what we're talking Iran. about. Yeah, recruitment yeah. is down. I'm just telling white young white guys, don't join the military. It's blacker and gayer than it's Amen. ever been. Starve Zog with recruits. <laughs> we, we use the term white strike, you know, white going strike. Don't feed this system. And, and that's what I think. You look at a group like the NJP or our movement more broadly, how are we going to have victory? Well, in the short term, it's tough. But in the long term, their power is weakening. They are getting weaker and weaker around the world. Their economy is getting weaker. They cannot control this thing the way they've been. And increasingly, like Merrick Garland, they're just resorting to brute force. But what that does is it, it denies their legitimacy. It makes the people see them as fundamentally illegitimate look at the fbi well, well, they're, look they're at programs, how the fbi basically. is yeah yeah warren their programs they've gone from the absurd to the ridiculous well and, i would yeah yes. Keith, I, I want to say one more thing i mean that is one thing that trump has done it has been his gift perhaps inadvertently he has eviscerated the public trust at least for half of the country the trump voters tens of millions of people yes. in the media the government elections themselves and the fbi i think this puts us ahead decades he has done for us what we couldn't have done for ourselves in decades uh and he has put us a, a lot further down the trail of where we need to be inadvertently, we'll, we'll inadvertently. Yep. all right carson we've got 30 seconds left final word to you it's great to get to know you a little bit better tonight thanks for being with us final word to you what's next uh, for the njp in tennessee 30 seconds yeah well what this country what this administration what zog as warren put it is doing is creating conditions that cause young white men to radicalize and look for answers they want to collectivize they want to band together and do something about the situation and that is what the njp offers them so if it sounds like something you want to get involved with go to nationaljusticeparty.com contact us and start the vetting process get involved because we're growing and we're going to accomplish a lot more Hey, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Warren Baylaw, Carson Kilgray, nationaljusticeparty.com. Uh, they're doing the work that most Americans refuse to do. We'll be back in the third hour right now.